The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It sure is, and welcome to it. Skulls here along with John Pincus filling in uh, on the show this morning. An email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you want to go to employmentlawyer.ca, the website, while we're uh, doing the show today, you can find a link to catch the 30-minute televised version of the show, the Employment Law Show. So anytime you want uh, to do that, you can do so. Again, 416-870-6400. Lines are open here on a uh, lovely Saturday morning. Johnny, pal, you got a couple things to discuss. I know off the top before we get to the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. I love this list. But the uh, the week that was, brother, go ahead. What do you got? Yes, lots to talk about, uh, as mm-hmm. always, today, and, and today's no exception with uh, everything that's going on out there, pretty chaotic. So hopefully some people listening will uh, hear some situations they may relate to or they know some people that they may relate to this and give us a call, and we'll talk about your situations too. So the first situation that I wanted to talk about involves an individual who worked as a supervisor for a manufacturing company, and he'd been there for about 10 years and earning $85,000 a year. Back in August, he was placed on a temporary layoff, and they told him that the date of recall was unknown, so he should basically just wait to hear from them. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, about two weeks ago, uh, beginning of November, he gets a call from the human resources manager saying that his supervisor job has now been eliminated. Permanently, his employment's terminated. All right, well, we all know that that's something that can happen. Uh, But they said, we can offer you a part-time job working at reception, earning $35,000 a year. (sighs) No. What you know? So, so as many people in this situation would be, this uh, this person who was in a supervisor was a little stunned that they would even offer him this position. He said, "Look, I'm I'm not interested in that. I, I've worked as a supervisor even before I came here. I, I've worked as a supervisor for the last twenty years. Um, I rely on that income. I need an income to support my family. If you're telling me my job has been eliminated, I I need to look for another job elsewhere that pays something similar." And so the human resources manager responds, okay, that's, that's fine. We understand. Okay, so you would expect that in the normal course, this person would be issued a letter, yep. you know, confirming the termination severance package. He waits two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Nothing happens. Eventually, he calls back the human resources manager and says, hey, where, where's my severance package? And the response he gets is, oh, what are you talking about? You quit. <laughs> well, well, hang on a second, he says. When did I quit? Well, when you rejected the reception rule. Well, that's when he calls me and asks if there was anything he could do. And, of course, the company's position is complete nonsense. Uh, He's not quit. His employment's been terminated. The company's in breach of the Employment Standards Act. They also owe him a significant severance package. He had absolutely no obligation to accept this clearly inferior role. Uh, That's not going to have any impact on his severance package. And this is someone who's going to be owed at least a year of his pay. So we're working on negotiating a severance package for him. And and these games the employer is playing um, are are not going to bode well for them. So if you're an employee in this situation uh, and the employer is telling you that you quit, uh, write back to them, clearly state that you have not quit. Uh, a resignation has to be voluntary, and if it's not, your employment's been terminated. So so don't let your employer rewrite history, put it in writing, send it in an email. And, and John, I think we're going to see, as employers are becoming more and more desperate, um, more of these sort of uh, shenanigans. So, you know, just, just be aware of that. Uh, number two, what else you got going on, Bill? Well, John, I, I, I hate to, to pick on employers, but we've got a, another example of uh, employer shenanigans here. Uh, so the second situation involves someone who was working as a VP of marketing 
at a fairly large organization. She'd been there for about uh, 15 years and uh, she took a pregnancy leave around August. Now the company has recently been doing downsizing and lo and behold she was caught up in it as her department was being amalgamated with another one. Right. And, and get this John, they issue her a letter saying your position will be eliminated as of the day you're coming back to work next August and between now and then you're getting working notice of termination. That's your severance package. Now, now let's think about that Ugh. for a moment. She's getting working notice of termination yeah. while on a pregnancy leave. There's a, I mean, there's a little bit of a problem with that, right? She's not getting paid by the company. Right. And the company's reason when she called them about this, she said, well, you're receiving employment insurance, so isn't that, you're, you're getting paid? Well, no, it doesn't work that way. I mean, where do you even begin here, right, John? Of course, the company, first of all, was supposed to wait until the end of the pregnancy leave right. before determining if there was no comparable position available. Um, you know, in addition to the, you know, paying out by way of uh, unpaid working notice. I mean, there's multiple statutory breaches, multiple human rights issues. Uh, she's being terminated without even being paid a severance package. Uh, this employer is going to be in a lot of trouble, and this individual is going to be entitled to significant severance package and potentially um, other damages. So uh, I'm glad that she contacted us. Yeah, it's amazing. Sometimes you see and hear what employers uh, do when people give you a call. Sometimes it's the fact that it's they don't care, and other times they don't know either. I mean, depending on the size of the company, right? It could be, uh, you know, they don't have significant HR department, and they don't know any better in some cases, I guess. I mean, you, you want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but sometimes they just need a, a bit of a rude awakening, right? Yeah, I, I think that a lot of the time, in fact, I would say the vast majority of the time, something like this happens. Uh, it's usually because... Uh, the employer simply doesn't know. You know, they're not acting yeah. out of nefarious intentions. They simply don't know. But you know, I've got to say, John, in these situations, it's really hard to understand uh, what what was going through their heads uh, when they did something like this. So, you know, if you're an employer, and and again, we don't mean to pick on employers because, of course, uh, at our firm, for example, we help out employers with these situations all the time. And it's not always easy, especially in this environment. Sure. But you've got to get legal counsel before you do something like this, especially if you've got someone on a pregnancy leave who you're not going to have work for anymore that is a perfect example of when you need to speak to an employment lawyer uh, before getting in this in this kind of mess by the way you want to reach out anytime to uh, to john or lior member of the team simple one 821 5900 would be the number and uh, anytime as well another resource for you to ask your questions pocketemploymentlawyer.ca there's actually a great place for all kinds of information under the banner of employment law, the severance pay calculator is there. You want to know if you're a temporary employee, workplace harassment. It's all there. There's even a section on disability law if you want to use that. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and help at employmentlawyer.ca as well. All right. Ten commandments of termination of employment. We'll get started on this before we uh, take a break in a few minutes. Number one, thou shalt think about termination when accepting a new job, which is counter to what most people think. They think it's a new job. Why am I thinking about getting canned already? I could be here for years, right? Yeah, it's an uncomfortable thing to think about. It's it's not pleasant, uh, and it's certainly not something that people are eager to discuss <laughs> with their employers. But if there is something in your contract that's addressing termination, what you have to remember is they're the ones bringing it up, right? Typically, the employer is the one who's drafting the employment contract. It's the employer the one is the one who's uh, who puts in the termination clause, right? Sometimes I even say. Uh, you know, you see language like, well, you know, it's awkward to think about this at this time, but we really think that we should be on the same page. And, you know, it's true. You should be on the same page as your employer. So if they put in a termination clause 
that you are not comfortable with, that's the time uh, to bring it up. And if you don't understand what the termination clause says, which let's face it, is going to be the vast, vast majority yeah. of the time for most people out there, even people in uh, more sophisticated positions, even people with, with higher levels of education, uh, even lawyers uh, may not understand termination clauses if they're not an employment lawyer. Uh, that is the time that you need to speak to an employment lawyer to figure out what does this termination clause do to you and is it worth doing something about it? You know, uh, as employment lawyers, we can't tell you what leverage you're going to have. We can't tell you whether you're going to be able to change it, but we can make you aware of what that termination clause does and how that compares to, um, you know, other, other similar positions. So that's something you have to think about. You know, there's other things you have to think about too. Non-competition clauses, non-solicitation clauses, those can have uh, huge impacts. But termination clause in particular, because you could be talking about the difference of your full entitlements and your minimum entitlements. And like we always talk about on this show, John, that could be tens of thousands in extreme cases hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah looking at that ahead of time is kind of like the uh, you know the prenup of the employment relationship right you gotta you gotta make sure all your your ducks are in, in a row before you dive in because yeah it could really bite you in the rear end you know several years down the road if you weren't paying it any mind 10 commandments of termination of employment thou shall g- not give up future termination rights after you start working how's that work yeah, I mean, this, this one is, is a really important one, uh, and we're going to actually see this a lot. Um, we have been seeing this a lot, and we're going to see this a lot more the rest of the year because there has been some changes in the law of what is an enforceable termination clause. Is, an enforce, is a termination clause going to be held up uh, by the court? And uh, as it so happens, given the current uh, state of the law, given the recent changes, most termination clauses which exist right now are not enforceable. So if you're getting a termination letter and your employer saying, well, pursuant to your termination clause, such and such, now, there, there's exception to this, of course, but chances are that termination clause they're referring to is not doesn't hold up anymore. So what are employers doing? What they're doing is they're saying, well, we'll give you a $500 payment and we'll give you a new contract that you can sign um, and you know, this is just to update our records and lo and behold, that new contract is going to have a termination clause, uh, which they can rely on. So they may be giving you $500 and you're giving them $50,000 in exchange. That's a terrible deal for you, right? Yeah, That's beyond no a terrible deal for you, but you're not going to know that unless you speak to an employment lawyer. So if you're given one of those contracts, speak to one of us. Um, and chances are, we're probably going to tell you that you don't want to sign it. Not for sure. So speak to us before you make any decisions. Uh, but if they're if they're offering you five hundred dollars to sign a new contract, beware of devils in the details here. Let's take our uh, first break, John, and we'll get right back to it. The Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment that is on the way. Emails a little later on. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But right here, right now, you can call in. There's tons of time for you to ask your questions on this Saturday morning. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, welcome back. We're going through the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. Uh, Next one on the list, Johnny, is this. Thou shall respond to negative reviews or discipline. And I'll add in writing to the bottom of that as well, right? Yeah, in writing is is actually really key. So that's actually a good point, John. Uh, When we're talking about uh, what's often referred to as performance improvement plans or or, uh, a shortened PIP, um, that means that 
um, they're, they're, they're almost always trying to build a case. And what are they trying to build a case for? They're trying to build a case to let you go and pay you without severance on the basis that you have been terminated for just cause. So this is where you have to be really, really careful because perform, you know, terminating for just cause on the basis of performance um, is very, very hard for an employer to do, but it's certainly easier to do if they have a history of written warnings and suspensions. Right. Um, and if, if you haven't objected to this in writing, then what it's going to look like is you've gotten these warnings, you were told that your performance was subpar, you were told that if you didn't improve your performance, you would be terminated, you didn't improve your performance, um, and then your employment was terminated. You know, if, if that's the case and you've got that record, you're actually putting yourself at risk of the law finding that you were terminated for cause, which is really a shame because um, you know, a termination for cause is a very, very extreme situation to be in, particularly in the context of performance. So, you know, when you are responding to this, talk about all the things that you've done to improve. Be specific. You know, ha has something changed? Have they have they introduced a new system that you're not familiar with, or have you been asking for training? Put all that in writing. Put that in an email because then at least you'll be able to show that these reviews have not been given to you uh, in good faith. Um, and uh, that's that's the time the time to bring it up is, is contemporaneously when you get these performance reviews, not after the fact. Going to get to uh, to Mike here. Hey, Mike, thanks for standing by. Good morning. How are you? Hey guys, good morning. Good, thanks. Um, good. Real quick question. I think you may have already touched on this, but it's related to performance. So my question is, if I'm going to paint a picture, hopefully I can ask the question properly. So a regular nine-to-five job, you know, I've had it for a number of years. Um, with technology now, everybody's emailing and, and uh, you know, sending documents in the middle of the night. So I leave the office and I have 50 unread emails. I wake up in the morning and I have 100 un unread emails. My question is, is, you know, can the employer look at your performance based on the after-hours, you know, work that's being, uh, being done? And if you're not sort of keeping up with the pace, do they have a, an argument to uh, let you go for that? Oh, what a great question, Mike. I mean, this is something that I think a lot of people can relate to. Um, and, and you bring up a really good point because we're seeing a lot of employers basically assume that, well, you ha always have access to your email, so you should always, uh, you know, you should be able to respond at any hour of the night. And that's not the case. I mean, your job hasn't all of a sudden changed because your employer is now asking you to work from home. So, Mike, what I would say is, as long as you are performing your job in the same manner that you have done before, then you know, you're, you're, you're holding up your side of the deal, right? Um, and so if your employer is starting to give you uh, discipline saying, look, you didn't respond to this email at 11.30 p.m. at night or 2 a.m. in the morning, uh, I think you could say, well, I, I don't work at those hours. I've never worked those hours, and I've never agreed to work those hours. I respond and I do my job the best I can at 9 to 5. And if they start issuing discipline uh, for you not doing something that's outside of your job duties, then I, I don't think that's legitimate. I don't think that's a legitimate form of performance management. I think that's exactly uh, a great example, uh, you know, to what John and I were just discussing, uh, of something you have to respond and you have to say clearly, look, this is the issue that I'm having um, with, with what you're asking of me because I've never had to do this. And, you know, I don't know if you have family, if you have kids, I mean, you have, or you have things that you, you do. I'm sure after work, everyone has to, to, to maintain work-life balance. Uh, and employers, I think, have to respect that. Can I ask a quick follow-up? Also, just yeah. if if uh, if an employee 
begins to uh, start working in the evening, answering emails, sending emails, does that, and if that's over an extended period of time, does that give the employer sort of that, that sense that, okay, well, there's an argument to be made that, well, you have agreed by working in the evening, even though we haven't asked you, but by doing that, now you've basically uh, agreed that you're fine with it? Yeah, so, I mean, if you start working in the evening and, and, and you're doing that continuously, then, uh, you know, there, there certainly could be an argument from the employer stating, saying that, uh, well, now this has become a new term of your employment. Now we've both agreed that you're going to be working in the evening. So I think that if that's happening, I think it's incumbent on you to say, look, um, I know things have been tough. We've been in a transition, um, but I really don't feel comfortable doing this anymore. Uh, you know, I did this on an exceptional basis, but my job has always been nine to five. And I'd appreciate it if you, you know, respect my personal time um, and, uh, you know, try to avoid, you know, you can send me emails after hours. That's fine. But don't expect me to answer them after hours. I'll answer them uh, from nine to five. And I think it's really important that you get on the same page with your employer because you're right. I mean, if you if you are acquiescing to this over an extended period of time, the employer may say, look, we may not have agreed formally that this is what's going to happen, but this has effectively now become the term of your employment. Your job has changed. So I think you got to be very clear with your employer that, look, as far as you're concerned, this was an exceptional situation. Um, and I was doing this on a temporary basis, but we're now in the long term. We're now in the long haul. We don't know how long uh, it's going to be before we can go back to the office. Uh, so we're going to need to try and get back to some sense of normalcy here. This is great. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate your time. You need to uh, reach out further. New problem, one 821 5900 We're here and now. You know the number, 416-870-6400. John, thanks for standing by. Good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. You know what? I've been listening to your program for a while here, and I kind of wonder. I'm an employer myself, and I, I'm listening to this stuff, and it just turns my skin, you know? Like, mm. who makes these cock and laws, you know? And like, I just... Listen for one minute. It, it, this severance, it's like you paint on a mechanic to change your tire, and he charges you 50 bucks. and after he's done, he says, okay, I was at it for two hours, so I need a severance. Like, that's stupid. Like, you've got a mama and papa stores that have been hiring someone there for 20 years that barely make an ends meet. Now they're going to let one person go. Where are they going to find the money to pay these people severance? Is this, like, crazy or what? I think when you're working for someone... You're getting 20 bucks an hour or whatever you're getting. At the end of the day, the contract's over. I paid you. See you later. Why do I have to pay you at the end of the year or at the end of 10 years a whole bunch of more money? What the heck's wrong with the society? Well, well, John, I mean, this is uh, certainly sort of goes beyond the scope of uh, normally what we talk about here, which is what the law is, not why the law is the way uh, that it is. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things I mentioned towards the top of the hour is it, it sounds like we always uh, pick on employers. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I try to sometimes uh, talk about the perspective of employers because, of course, uh, employers are run by, by real people who have real concerns and anxieties of their own. Uh, but what I can tell, what I can say is the idea behind severance package um, is, you know, not actually to give the employees a reward. Uh, that's that's not what severance is in in Canada. Uh, it's, it, what severance is 
meant to do is to help that employee land on their feet. So what some smaller employers will often do is they'll look into the future and say, well, you know what, looking into the future, I don't think we're going to have uh, a use for so-and-so as of this date so that you can give them working notice and then you can actually get work out of them as part of the severance package. So there are options. There are ways to minimize the liability. There are ways to um, have that employee still work for you before you have to pay severance package and get a discount on the amount that you have to pay. But as a society, we, we have decided that um, if you're going to let someone go, particularly someone who's going to have difficulty finding another job, that they should be, in, be given an opportunity uh, to look for work without um, having their uh, income taken away from them for at least a little while. Yeah, but who looks after the employers? We run into hard times. We barely have enough money to... I don't take a salary, right? I don't take a salary because, uh, you know, I want to just... You know, if I start taking a salary, then there's going to be no money. i got to let everybody go. You know, so I'm, I'm suffering through this, okay? And in the end, not only am I suffering it, i got to bend over for it and get it you know where. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, uh, where am I supposed to find money to pay these people when that time comes? Well, you know, there's there's no easy answer to that, John. I mean, there there are some government measures uh, like the CEWS that have been created and the uh, uh, the loan uh, with some forgive uh, the forgiveness loan that has been introduced by the government to try and lighten uh, some of the burden on employers. But the truth of it is, there's there's no there's no easy answer to that. Uh, when we're talking about employment law, we're talking about a balancing of rights, right? There's the rights of the employer and the rights of the employee. Um, but uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is that um, if you have employees, if you have people who are dedicating their time and their efforts to working for you, uh, that comes with responsibilities. Uh, it comes with responsibilities at termination. I don't think there's really much more I can I can say about that because uh, you know what this is getting into is is you know the policy issues and what we we talk about on this show is what the law is, not necessarily why it is the way it is. But certainly, I can empathize with the fact that just like employees have anxieties employers have anxieties too and i think you know what we often talk about on the show too john is that and you, you feel for him and for employers just what uh, that caller said like this is crazy what do i do so the idea i think is the preemptive strike and that comes in the form of an employment contract before you hire people you you have yourself you have your ducks in a row with an employment lawyer like yourself outlining this 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 and this here's a termination here's how it's going to go i'm going to pay you the minimum blah 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 there is protections you can afford yourself but it has to be done prior to hiring your staff right that's where the that's where the that's where the wisdom comes in no well, that's a really good point, John, uh, is that, uh, you know, if you are an employer and, and uh, you're just starting the, this business and you're starting the relationship with these employees, then you do have an opportunity at that time to minimize the amount that you're going to have to pay them at termination. And if you don't do that, uh, then the employee is entitled to what's called a reasonable notice their, or their full severance entitlements. Uh, but, you know, I, I can also empathize with a lot of employers saying, well, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. What do I do now? The truth is that there are still options even at termination. So that's why I bring up working notice. For example, there are things that you can do to prevent having to um, let someone go, not get any work out of them and have to pay them a large lump sum if you're, you know, if you're a small employer. Uh, but if you are in that situation where you don't have a contract, you're not in a position to give working notice, um, then you do have to pay a, a severance package. And that severance package may be significant. And, you know, there is no other way around that. 
Yeah, I guess the uh, the alternative is, you know, what we have south of the border, employment at will, where it's, you know, an employer can basically say, okay, you know what, I need you yesterday, but today I don't need you, so uh, have a nice day. Here's the door, out you go, and you're kind of uh, you're screwed at that point. You don't get much, and that's not a that's not a very good alternative either, I guess, right? No, we, we have a different balancing of rights here for sure. Yeah, you bet. We'll take a short break, guys. We'll get to uh, more of your calls. Dan, I see you there. Stand by, fella. You are up next as soon as we come back. I want to send along an email, help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's Employment Law Show. This is Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Help at employmentlawyer.ca, the email address, and anytime you want more employment law information at your fingertips, absolutely free and anonymous pocket employmentlawyer.ca. But the phones is always where we go first. And Dan, thank you so much for hanging on for a couple minutes. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, I've got a couple. My son works for what I call, uh, I would class, uh, a modern-day sweatshop. Uh, they, if you ever watch the old movies where the, the operators are, thank you for calling hold, please, thank you for calling hold, please. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that is the environment he works in. Um, the main method of communication with um, the company is through email. Um, they cannot take time in their day to check email because there's a call that comes every 30 seconds for them yet they're punished if they don't follow the processes in that email in those emails um and recently they've taken away uh paid bathroom breaks so if he wants to go to the bathroom he actually has to put himself into um, an ox code called personal go to the bathroom and then come back and this is a very very major company in canada Well, okay, so a couple couple issues here. So let's let's tackle the, the, the first issue first, Dan. So, you know, when your son's being told uh, that, uh, you know, if you don't follow this process in the email, you're going to be punished, and they are punished for that, that's a perfect example of, again, I think a situation where your, sh- your son should be speaking up uh, in writing with, by email with the supervisor saying, look, I can't take time out of my day to check my email, and here's why. I'm getting calls every 30 seconds. Um, if you have a way to do this, then, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear it, but I cannot – uh, I, I can't manage this. Um, and you know what? I'm speaking to my colleagues and they can't do it either. So what is it that you expect us to do, right? Speak up about it and have, have them speak up about it, um, you know, every time it happens. Now, they may terminate in response to that, but at least if they terminate, it'll be, it will be a without cause termination um, and they will owe him a severance package. That's the only thing you can really protect here, but you, you got to do that uh, so that they at least don't try and make the case that they don't have to pay him severance. Now, as far as the bathroom breaks, now, is there a requirement um, that, uh, that your son be paid during bathroom breaks? Technically not. I mean, for example, eating breaks uh, are also unpaid. So if you're taking a break during the day uh, during which you're not working, then technically the employer doesn't have to pay for that. But that's, I mean, that's a fairly uh, uh, draconian uh, way of almost... Um, uh, uh, what's what's the word? Uh, Dickensian way of, of yeah. running a workplace. Uh, so you know it's disappointing to hear that a large company uh, is doing something like that. Uh, but you know, do they have to pay? Technically not. It's it's 
probably bad practice, probably terrible for morale. So I don't know what they're, they're thinking with that, but it's not necessarily a legal issue. So I don't think there's really much he can do about that, except, you know, maybe to raise the, the, it as a, uh, you know, as a morale issue. But the first issue is, is more of a legal issue that I think uh, he needs to speak up about. Okay. All right. I truly appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Appreciate guys. it uh, very much as well. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. If you want to uh, further chat with John, no problem. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. By the way, is the email address. Between the phone calls, bouncing back to the Ten Commandments of termination. Uh, next one here, John, is thou shall not commit serious workplace misconduct. Right. Well, we, we've talked about a lot of things uh, here that, uh, today uh, that would not constitute misconduct, like uh, the phone call we just got from Dan, like, uh, right. you know, some of uh, you know, the earlier call we got about uh, not answering emails at 1130 p.m. at night. Uh, but, uh, you know, on the you know, on the theme of not beating up on employers, uh, there are certain things that employees can do that cross the line. Right. So as an employer, uh, they're going to have rights to terminate without paying severance if uh, there has been theft, if there has been fraud, um, if uh, there is serious dishonesty. So if the employee is lying to the company about important things, particularly if there's a financial benefit to that employee, those things are are very often going to be just cause. So I mean, if you're if you're an employer, first of all, know that you do have rights that, you know, if something really extreme has happened, speak to an employment lawyer. Don't make the decision to terminate for cause without speaking to an employment lawyer, but do speak to one of us uh, because we do advise employers on this issue. Uh, and if you're an employee, don't do these things, right? Yeah. Don't be dishonest with your employer. Um, don't do something that you know is wrong. Uh, if you've made a mistake, be honest about it, admit it, uh, show that you're remorseful, show that you're, you're willing to change um, and you'll protect yourself from these things. You know, with the, the, remember that the law is made up of human beings, right? And right. at the end of the day, uh, if your case ever goes to court, which is very, very unlikely, uh, but w when we're talking about rights, we're always talking about that as the end game, if you will. Uh, it's going to be a judge who's going to look at this and is going to say, um, who was the one who was in the wrong here, right? Is the employer who terminated without severance or is it the employee who's been stealing cash out of the till for the last five years, right? So don't yeah. be that, that person um, and uh, just uh, and, you'll, and you'll avoid putting yourself in a situation where you can be let go without severance. The uh, next commandment on our list, thou shall always keep copies of all relevant documents. Yeah, no kidding. Get, get, a, get a workplace folder happening for that one. Right. You know, the biggest one that, that tends to come up, John, is probably overtime. Uh, this is this right. is the one that's <laughs> really, uh, really tough to hear when you hear someone who's been working 50, 60 hours a week for 20 years. And they say, OK, great. So where's your records of this? Oh, I never took records of it. I never submitted it. If Oops. you're if you're working overtime, keep weekly records every week, how much you earned, send it to your employer, let them know. Don't uh, wait until you're let go to and, and assume that you're going to be paid at that time. It's not going to happen. Uh, keep keep track of that. Um, you know any any other other things that you want to keep track of are email correspondence, performance reviews, um, handwritten notes from your boss. Uh, if something uh, inappropriate happens at work, you know you get an inappropriate email, save that, print it because you know if you're let go, what's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to cut you off your email access, right? So keep uh, keep tabs on these things. And I guess when, you know, you mentioned overtime off the top being a big one, and in that regard, it can really add up because if you're keeping records and you realize you've never got paid, you can go back two years to claim overtime, can you not? 
you can go back two years, and in fact, in some cases, and you can go back even more. Um, wow. And I've I've had situations where employees have have been uh, owed, paid, and and I've I've gotten orders uh, from uh, from the Ministry of Labor and uh, also settlements uh, with employers for tens of thousands of dollars of overtime. But I'll tell you something: in every single one of those cases, the employee had detailed records. I've right. never been able to negotiate over time for an employee who did not have detailed records, and that speaks uh, you know, volumes. Let's take a short break. We'll get to uh, John's phone call. He just rang through. He's got an important one for you. We'll get to that. Help at employmentlawyer.ca uh, to send an email along if we have time before the end of the show for some of those right here. Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. John, thank you for standing by and uh, you're up. Good morning. What's up? I just have a quick question. Can your employer terminate you if you swear to your colleague? Say bad thing or bad words to your colleague. Can the employer terminate well, well, John, the, the first answer to your question is an employer can always terminate. Well, I should say almost always. They can't terminate for certain reasons that are, are discriminatory. Uh, but an employer has pretty wide discretion to be able to terminate employment. The question, of course, here is do they have cause for dismissal? And that's that's going to be uh, a, a, a complex answer here. Um, you know, typically one outburst at work is not going to be cause for dismissal. So um, if you've been terminated and you haven't been offered a severance package, of course, we're going to need to look at the context. You know, is this an isolated incident? Has this happened before? Um, you know, was were there any threats made? Uh, you know, did you apologize after? Uh, were you remorseful, et cetera, et cetera? Um, those are the kinds of things that we would we would want to know. But typically, again, one outburst at work, uh, not going to be cause for dismissal. And in fact, there are examples of employees who were violent at work um, where it was not cause for dismissal. So the answer to your question is probably they are going to owe a severance package, but that's something that we'd, we'd want to have a discussion about. And I would strongly recommend uh, if you are in that situation that you give us a call. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. And that number to reach out uh, further after the show, 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. The Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. We'll try to get through these before the end of the show in between all the uh, important phone calls. Next one is this, thou shall keep records of important events. And I don't think you're talking about the company Christmas party here. No, no. We're talking about, you know, in, in, in many cases, we're talking about harassment um, or, you know, let's let's look at the example that John just gave us. Right. You know, you have an outburst in the workplace. Let's say you had a bad day. You know, you swore at one of your coworkers. Uh, you feel bad about it. And you're worried about, about what the employer can do. Well, you know what? Get it out in the open, right? You know, talk about the elephant in the room. Send an email, uh, maybe to your colleague, apologizing. Send an email to your boss and say, "Look, um, I had this, uh, you know, this this bad day today. I had a bit of an outburst. It's not going to happen again. Um, and uh, you know, I'm I'm sorry about what happened. And, and you can count on me going forward. Now, that's not to say that if you have been terminated and you haven't done that, you know, you haven't apologized. That does not mean that the employer has cause for dismissal. So. Um, 
it, it you know, just because you haven't done that uh, doesn't mean that you should say, well, okay, I guess I don't get a severance package. No, still give us a call. But certainly if you have an opportunity to do that, that's going to help your case. Uh, so that's a perfect example of something that you really want to put in writing, get it, get it out there in the open um, and, uh, you know, do what you need to do to uh, protect yourself uh, if the employer decides to terminate. And, you know, the same thing is if you've just disclosed to your boss that you're pregnant, do it by email. Don't let them turn around and say they never knew about it before. Yeah. Uh, if your duties are being changed, your hours are being changed, you know, those are the kinds of things we always talk about you want to document uh, by way of an email. Get to uh, Eric's call. Hey, Eric, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, I was hired by a huge corporation for a year's contract. Uh, right now, I have no contract, but I'm still employed. Um, my concerns are, if I am terminated, am I entitled to severance? Am I entitled to a I have not received, even though I've worked over a year and a half for this employer? Right. Well, Eric, uh, that's an interesting situation and one that we have come across. And what I would say is that if you continue working for this corporation following the end of that one-year contract, you are no longer a fixed-term employee. You are now an indefinite-term employee. And what that means is that you are going to have a rights to your full common-law severance if you are let go. So, for example, that one-year contract may say, you know, during this contract, we can end it early and give you two weeks notice or something like that. Well, that no longer applies now. Now that contract um, is is void. Uh, well, not void, but expired, I should say. Um, right. It's no longer relevant. And now your rights are the same default rights that you have that uh, what we used to call, I mean, in, in COVID, we don't call this so much anymore, but a handshake deal, right? A verbal uh, agreement uh, with your employer. So you are now in a probably a better situation than you were before. You certainly don't have any guarantee uh, of being employed for a certain period of time, but if you are let go from this position, you're going to have all the rights that you would have by default. And most of the rights that you have as an employee are given to you with, without needing to have anything in writing. They're given to you by default. So I think that you just continue to work as business as usual. And if you're let go and that corporation tries to rely on that one-year contract, mm -mm, doesn't work that way. Now you're going to be owed your full entitlements. You know what? Thank you. That's uh, that's awesome news for me. Uh, and I look forward to if I have any problems, I will definitely be calling your office. Please do. Thanks, Eric. Uh Awesome, Eric. Appreciate that's the way you want to look at it uh, for sure. You probably know the number anyway. I've given it out all hour. But uh, 1-855-821-5900 is the way to go. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Got a couple minutes left. See if we get through our uh, last few commandments here. Uh, next one is thou shalt not get advice from uh, either Google University or your neighbor Steve about employment law either. Yeah, Steve. Steve's a good guy, but you know what? Steve's a software engineer. Steve's a, uh, <laughs> you know, Steve's, Steve's a, a marketing. Yeah. Steve's a plumber. Uh, yeah. You know, if you've got an issue with your plumbing, you better call Steve. But uh, if you've got an issue uh, with uh, your employment and it's a legal issue, you got to speak to a lawyer. Don't get advice. 
from uh, from Google. Uh, get advice from a lawyer because you can make mistakes that sometimes you can't take back. Uh, you know, one of those big ones is quitting your job to claim constructive dismissal when actually there isn't a case for constructive dismissal. So you've just resigned and given up your severance. Don't do that. Uh, don't accept a change that you shouldn't be accepting. Um, you know, don't sign a contract that has now diminished your rights, diminished your uh, right to termination pay. Remember, uh, often the best, uh, you know, the best kind of contract is a verbal contract, not a written one. So be very cautious of these things. And when you go to a lawyer, don't just go to any lawyer. I mean, if you That's don't right. like us, fair enough. But please, at least go to an employment lawyer. You know, we always say if you have a, a heart problem, you're not going to go to the dentist. If you have an employment problem, go to an employment lawyer. Employment law is what we do. That's all uh, all that we do as employment lawyers. And so that's what you want. That's who you want to speak to. Next one is this. I'll assume you uh, shall, uh, shall assume rather that your severance offer is inadequate. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, you know, there's a, a reason why almost all severance packages uh, are inadequate, and it's because they're uh, asking you to sign a release. You know, often multiple people are being terminated at the same time, uh, and if they owe, let's say, you know, $50,000 in severance to 10 people, and they offer each of those people $10,000, all it takes is for one of those people to accept, and they've now saved $40,000. So there's a clear uh, incentive here uh, for employers not to pay adequate uh, severance packages. So, you know, if you try to negotiate this yourself, your employer is going to tell you that it's generous. They're going to say if you don't accept it, uh, you could get even less. But the reality is they have that liability. They're asking you to sign that release for a reason. They're asking you to sign that release because they probably owe you more. So speak to an employment lawyer. Give us a call. Let's talk about it. And there you go. Thou shall not sign quickly. There's another one, right? Yeah, signing a release is a mistake that you can't take back. You know, I've, I've had people come to me and say, hey, I've signed this release, but, uh, you know, I was only offered two weeks pay after being uh, working for two years. And I say, well, you signed the release, that's it. You know, that's, uh, that's uh, typically all you can do. Now, in that example, actually, that's maybe the one exception because you can't sign a release for your minimum entitlements, but you get the idea. Generally speaking, if you've signed a release, uh, that's it. That's the end of the story. So don't make that mistake. And we are done for the morning. The 10th and final commandment, as you know, is thou shall use severance pay calculator. That can be found at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And uh, along with that, you will call ST Law. I want to call out uh, 1-855-821-5900 is the way to do that. Employment ten, uh, commandments to live by for sure. Again, help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.